Today I spoke to Heidi Thompson, who is an HR specialist and director of Inspire Solutions. Inspire provide HR consulting, training and labor relations services to small and medium businesses. Today, Heidi explains the complexities around the sensitive subject of retrenchment and stresses how vital it is for employers to ensure they follow procedures very carefully if the need for retrenchment arises. Here's the conversation with Heidi. Hope you enjoy it. Alright, so today's topic is quite important, um, chatting about retrenchments with things like uh, technology coming in and, you know, lots of changes taking place. Retrenchment is always a big thing. And we've got somebody very important chatting with us this afternoon. Uh, Heidi Thompson from Inspire Solutions. Did I get that right? Yes, 100%. Oh, Heidi Thompson, welcome <laughs> and thank you thank for joining you. us. So, so you know a lot about retrenchments, etc. Um, maybe you want to just iron it out for us. Um, retrenchments versus redundancies. Like, shall we get that out the way? What does each word mean? Retrenchments okay. and redundancies. Okay, that's quite simple. Um, a lot of people use them interchangeably, but technically they two different things. Mm -hmm. So both belong to one of the categories of. Um, or one of the reasons we can terminate employment. And this one is particularly related to operational requirements. When we talk about a position that has become redundant because of the introduction of technology or restructuring, mm. then it means we don't need the position anymore and we will retrench the employee. And it's typically a redundancy. I see. When we talk about retrenchment, it is financial. And it means that the employer actually, because of economical reasons, cannot afford to have the employee or the employees on site anymore. So then we have to go through a retrenchment process. But both follow the same retrenchment process. Okay, maybe you want to actually outline that for me. Let's, let's work on retrenchments, for instance, like you mentioned, uh, financial constraints, etc. Uh, the markets are tough out there. Things are difficult. How do you go about getting a retrenchment, like getting it into action if you're trying to retrench somebody? Okay, so a lot of people think that, especially financial, you know, times are tough, I can just give a notice and that's the end of it. Unfortunately, that's not so. And they will fall foul of the law and meet with all sorts of obstacles. If we look at the best way, and we follow the Labor Relations Act, but also in terms of best practice and just to be sensitive, mm. It is very hard when an employer immediately goes and issues an employee with a letter to say, oh, by the way, we, we're thinking of retrenchment. So what we suggest is first call your employee or the group of employees together that will be affected or potentially be affected by this and speak to them and tell them, hmm, we're very sorry, this is what we're contemplating. Once you've done that, you have to follow that then up with the notice. Now, this notice is not a notice to terminate. It is a notice to advise the employees you are contemplating retrenchment. And there's quite a list of items that needs to be recorded in this letter. Again, it's very specific in the Act. It tells us what needs to be in, in this letter. Um, and there's 10 items. Once the employee or employees have been issued with that letter, you then have to give them an opportunity to respond to that letter. Oh, I see. And here comes the tricky part. And it's, it's quite an anomaly because who wants to be retrenched? Mm. The Act says 
you have to reach consensus on the retrenchment. And it's not an easy thing. So in the past, it used to be just consultation. Now it's very specific. You've got to reach consensus. So it becomes very difficult because who wants to be retrenched in this day and age? You've so got essentially, a family. if you're the employer and I'm the employee, I sort of have to agree that it's okay to, to retrench me? Correct. Correct. That's why I say it is. It's quite strange. So it is quite a process. Mm. Previously, employers would follow almost a tick box exercise to say, well, I've done this, I've done this, that's fine, here's your final letter. Not like that anymore. Mm -hmm. um, so with the act changing, it's brought in a few extra steps. So once we've issued this letter, we've got to give employees time to respond or their representatives. Um, and if they respond in writing, the employer has to look at it, has to answer again in response there to in writing. So it's very much a two-way process as previously very much driven from the employer side. So let's, sorry, just, let's just go back again. So once the employer has received this written submission from the employee or employees, they then have to respond in writing as well. Yeah. You then have to give the employees a further opportunity, then call another meeting to engage with them, to try and see if you can reach consensus. Oh, One of the things we encourage employers to do is to see if we can't move for voluntary retrenchment. And the advantage of that is, it, it is to the employee's advantage and the employer, is that instead of going through this process, which... If you had to follow it properly, it can take you anything from four weeks till eight weeks if you had to go to and fro. So what we encourage is to say, you know what, you need to offer more than the minimum requirement in terms of law, which is one week for every completed year of service. Okay. So you throw in a sweetener to say, look, if we can reach agreement, because it's inevitable, especially if it's financial, mm. You know, it's inevitable, but I will throw in this, um, whatever the amount is. And if the parties then reach agreement, um, it's, it's deemed to be a voluntary retrenchment. We sign an agreement and off we go. Of course, um, it is not a good situation to be in because an employee or employees have lost their income. Mm. But that would be if we can reach that agreement. If we have to go all the way and we can't reach agreement between the parties, you know, it's a to and fro, to and fro, and so on. And it sometimes happens when an employer uses retrenchment maybe as a ruse to get rid of one or two bad apples. Oh. So there's not really a reason. And that's what they call, you know, restructuring or introduction of new processes, technology. Aha. Employees are not stupid as well. Yeah, those okay. are the, some, of the, some of the terms that are thrown around. Yeah. Yes, you, yes, you yes, expert, yes. <laughs> so financial is a different story. But when it comes to those redundancies, employees, they're not stupid. And they, they're entitled to ask questions. So if we go to and fro, to and fro, mm. and we get to a stage where there is no agreement between the parties, then it's up to the employer to confirm in writing, look, we've tried. This is the process we followed. We can't reach agreement. Um, so that they need to record that. And then the next thing, they'll issue the typical notice that we know, the notice of termination. So then the um, notice period is applicable as well as one, at least one week for every completed year of service.
Wow. But then the employer should know. Chances are, especially if the employee was fighting with them or employees, chances are that they'll end up at the CCMA or a bargaining council. Oh, goodness. But I guess it's also um, situation dependent. And like yes. you're saying, some industries work a little different to others. Yes, yes, now, definitely. Let me, let me touch on that redundancy word you used earlier. So I'm an employee. I realize that um, this manual labor that I used to do is now getting replaced by a machine. Is it not just a simple thing as, as an employee to think that, okay, my boss has probably got a machine to do what I used to do. Can't they just slot me into another department or just to learn, upskill myself to learn something else and do another job? Like, is, is it always a situation where you can just blame it on technology and realize that you lost the job because of technology and the company is not just employing you to do something else? Okay, so you are 100% correct again. So you, you know, you're actually more of an expert than I am. No way. <laughs> um, so if we look at this, when it's a redundancy, there's definitely more of an onus on the employer to see if they can't use the employee elsewhere. Okay. And merely saying, sorry, your job, we don't need it anymore. It's not going to cut it. If you look at, again, the changes to the LRA, even for one job, um, the CCMA has far more or they have far more powers than they had before to intervene and even the labor court mm. because it is important to try and save not jobs but try and save people's income, livelihood. So yes, there is more of a responsibility on the employer to see where else can I use this person. Maybe with a little bit of training. That's why we've got the um, Skills Development Act to support this as well. You know, maybe with a bit of training I can use them elsewhere. But if all else fails and you still have to then get rid of the employee, um, generally in the market out there you've got to pay more one you know the minimum in mm. terms of the law won't do it you and generally what we see is people offer then two weeks per completed year of service essentially you got to sweeten the deal yes yes because you brought in technology so it's not financial which means so often the result is better financial position for the company but it's not that they're in dire straits oh, so see. that's why there's a little bit more of a requirement to try and find a home or try and find employment, um, maybe if it's a group of companies within the in the group, at least sweeten the deal then. All right. Now, now I, I'm, I'm going to bring it back in here, and I like the fact that you mentioned CCMA earlier. What would the process be then if I think, as an employee, that there's a smear campaign against me, like these managers, these uh, uh, colleagues of mine are, are, are out to get me. There's, they, they want my head. They want me gone. Um what would be the process when I approach the, the CCMA? Do, does the CCMA take on stories like that? Oh, yes, definitely. We we see the CCMA is very, very busy. Mm. So if I believe this is an unfair labor practice, I can approach the CCMA. If I belong to a bargaining council, I can go to the bargaining council. And, employee, and employees can even, especially if it's a group and if it's a collective environment, they can approach the labor court as well. They can even ask, and even a, an individual can ask for the process to be interdicted. So to stop it and let the CCMA then hear the matter to say, well, is there a substantive reason really? So in the past, the CCMA didn't really interfere with the reason. They were more concerned with was a fair process followed. Mm -hmm. Again, now with the changes, it gives them that capacity 
to interrogate, was this a real reason that we wanted to get rid of somebody? Aha, okay. So so here we are touching on retrenchments. Uh, we've got uh, Heidi Thompson uh, from Inspire Solutions. Uh, Heidi, is there anything that I think you would think is important to get out there about retrenchments? Is there is there something that I might not have asked you? Is there something mm-hmm. that you want to you wanna mention? So just to recap again, um, it is very important to make sure that your re- reasoning for following such a process is because there's redundancy or financial. Mm. So, so that's very important. Second of all, what we've discussed here is more in line with if I need to get rid of one, two, three, four employees. And if I'm a smaller company. But the minute I have 50 employees and more, and I'm looking at retrenching 10 people, either now or I've already retrenched the couple, and over the last 12-month period, this would be the 10th person or at least the 10th person, then the ball game changes. The act is very specific in terms of processes, and there you're looking at two to three months to follow wow. a, a retrenchment process. So in terms of an employer who has at least 50 employees, be careful. You can't just necessarily follow the process we've outlined. And then it would be good to just get an expert opinion to help you through that process, mm. especially if you're unionized, because the union can then declare a strike. Ooh. So, yes. So then, then things become a bit different. I, I guess that will be a topic for another day. Yes, I guess. yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> Heidi Thompson, thank you so much for joining us. Now, if you are listening to this and you want any more information, go to www.inspire. That's the letter N. S-P-I-R-E dot C-O dot Z-A Heidi from the Inspire team thank you so much for joining us it's it's been a pleasure thanks very much Jacob remember Inspire Solutions can be contacted by visiting their website at inspiresolutions.co.za that's N-S-P-I-R-E solutions.co.za alternatively you can drop them an email on info at inspiresolutions.co.za thanks for listening